Hello, welcome to To Be A Terrier, Stephen Chicken here, joined down the line as usual by David Hartrick. How are you doing, David? Very good. How are you, Stephen? I'm alright. I've uh, I've lost my voice a little bit, um, going to the wrestling on Sunday. Was the, we, my wife and I were the only people cheering for Adam Cole in the main event, so we gave it some extra socks and, and have paid the price. Um, so I'm sure yeah, that I- means a great deal to you. Yeah, I I used to love Andy Cole. I thought it was a great striker. <laughs> I think it's just nice, though, isn't it, Dave, to see a wrestling show where the theme is basically friendship um, and and friendship prevailing over all else. I thought that was very touching. But Huddersfield Town had a, a less fun time of it. Unfortunately, they lost four nil at home to Norwich, which typically is not regarded um, as as a good thing to do. I would. <laughs> You're sticking your neck out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's clear where it. Well, I say it's clear where it all went wrong. There were problems at both ends, Dave. I think I I started writing my initial reaction was originally along the lines of, well, if you don't do anything when you've got the ball, then then what do you expect? But then in the middle of writing that, Neil Warnock came out for his press conference and quite rightly said, well, yeah, but <laughs> Danny Ward didn't give Norwich four easy goals to score, which I think is fair enough and was the main talking point on the day. But issues at both ends, and unfortunately... All issues that we've seen previously, we thought the errors at least had gone out of their system on the opening day and we'd sort of written it off as opening day jitters, but they were just as error-prone against Norwich as they were against Plymouth, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, it was not a good day at the office. I think we've, I think so far we've tried to give, not give them the benefit of the doubt because that's not what you do when you're analysing, but we've tried not to be too reactionary and we've talked about small sample sizes and various other things but they just didn't play very well and it was a shame because they they started all right you know it was a very even i thought it was a good game till the first goal yeah. but then after the first goal i think mentally they just they're just very fragile but it's kind of understandable because this isn't like a sort of you know half a new first team is it this is a first team who went through everything last season and uh, you know the bulk of the squad that went through everything last season. I think that you can see there's just a bit of a mental load on them still. That when they go a goal behind, um, there was just very little reaction really. And I mean the first the first goal there, I was quite interested to see various people's reaction and various people's take on it. Do we need to talk about Lee Nichols a little bit? Because yeah, I think so. I, I mean, it was very easy to avoid that situation. Oh yeah, it? the the back. The, first of all, the back pass is fine. Like the yeah. the pass from hockey is absolutely fine. And if Nichols either runs onto it quickly and just puts it wherever, then it's fine. Or if he does what he does and sort of waits for it and then puts it into the stand, it's fine. But he ends up doing the worst of both worlds, which is wait yeah. for it, <laughs> give the give the striker the give Josh Sargent the best opportunity possible to close him down and then hoof it straight at him. I mean mm. his kicking has always been awful. Um let's be honest, <laughs> with Lee Nichols it's always been sort of the one floor in his game, but at this level you're not too bothered, are you, when you've got a player who's who's as good as, as he is at everything else, you're not bothered if his kicking's not great. Um but he's made 
as many errors this season as he has in the pre leading to goals as he has in the previous two years. Is that three? Combined. Three. three off the top of my head, yeah. Yeah. In four games. Um yeah. which yeah, very unlike him. It was it was interesting f- for me because I wasn't actually there on Saturday. I was watching the game uh, on iFollower. I had the pleasure of Matt Glennon's commentary, and obviously, when it's a goalkeeping error, Matt is a fully paid up member of the goalkeepers' union. Um, it would be fair to say, and he won't mind me saying that either. But even he said he he only had to go left or right. Yeah, that's all he yeah. had to do. Just put it left or right. Just the one thing you don't do is just leather it straight at the lad who's running straight towards you and I just again you worry it's it's mental isn't it Steve you know it's it's that kind of hesitation and that kind of Mm. nerve that causes you to make that sort of mistake isn't it because if they were on a bit of a run Lee Nichols just deals with that without even taking a breath doesn't he it just feels like for, like all. The, I think the Leicester one is obviously that's not really an error. To be fair, it's more just no. I mean that was leathered at him from yeah. eight yards but, away. I'm always the, sympathetic for goalkeepers yeah. in that situation. But but the Plymouth one and and this one, they're just focus. You know, if he's if he's mm. fully switched on and sharp, he comes for that cross um, against Plymouth when it when it loops off Romani Edmonds Green and if he's fully switched on as you say either goes left or right or he just gets there a bit early makes sure he gets there a bit earlier and yeah it was it was bizarre and as you say the biggest shame was that Town had actually started the game well against Norwich they'd mm. you know they'd hit, they'd the, hit post the post and, early on yeah and mm. we're, we're taking the game to them and it's like oh we Good, great. This is going to be like we had against Leicester. And by the way, we we, we didn't do a podcast after Middlesbrough because Dave was away and and I wasn't able to do it. But um, yeah. was, uh, was Kevin Nagel not available that week? Steve? He wasn't, unfortunately. Um, but I don't think I had a huge amount to say about about Borough anyway, uh, unfortunately. But you know, you, you thought they're going to give him a game, but I thought Town, as you alluded to, really lost their heads after going behind. I don't think they got their heads back in the game until towards the end of the first half um, not helped by obviously they give away the penalty which I think we looked at it several times and I think you and I agree it's the kind of one where you want it given in your way and don't want it given against you um, he gets man and ball at the same time which is open to interpretation really isn't it What's frustrating for me about that penalty is I think if Matt, Matty Pearson looks to his right at any point, he probably doesn't concede the penalty because he can see he's got a man on the cover and he can see the way the Norwich player is approaching it and he probably doesn't just take everything at the yeah. same time. That's the problem. He's just not he's just not got the full picture. So as you said, I, I, you know, when I spoke to you, we were texting during the game and when I spoke to you, it's like, it's that classic case of don't. Why are you giving the referee a decision to make? You know, you don't. Yeah. That the thing is, you don't have to. There, there wasn't, there wasn't necessarily a massive decision that had to be made. But yeah. you've you've made the referee have to think about it. So, and again, it's a little bit of focus, isn't it? That's the yeah. thing. It's, it's a little a, bit yeah, of a little bit like the one he gave away against West Brom last year. Exactly um, like that one. That's it. That's exactly what came to mind to be fair where it's yeah. just that total focus on the ball and not actually looking left or right to see where to see the bigger picture but it just it, like penalty or not 
it just felt I, I'm, I'm not going to say they'd given up or anything like that but you could see mentally already they were starting to get jittery they were starting oh, to yeah. get nervous and it's it that is an issue you know because they're coming into a run of more winnable games and they've got to shift that mental monkey on their back really because they can't afford to get cut off we've we've spoke about it before we're kind of being forgiven because their their biggest opponent this season has been the fixture computer but yeah it was it it was kind of worrying and you you thought right go in at half time get things sorted out i think they could have done with changing the shape because norwich were having so much joy out wide in that last 10 minutes it was unbelievable both sides as well both sides just just running into space constantly so you think right okay change your shape change your mentality get yourself sorted get through the first 10 and then just try and be a little bit more expansive and see what you can get and if you can get to the point where you can roll the dice a bit and try and go for something great but what happened was they came out after half time and I you know I thought arguably they looked even more nervous and then it was a it was a good goal don't get me wrong but it was quite a the third goal is quite a simple goal, isn't it? It's yeah. it's a ball out wide. It's a wide player taking a man on and running into space. It's a simple cross across the box, and it's a striker running on and scoring from the edge of the six yard box, isn't it? It's not it's not rocket science, is it? No, I think before we even get there, I I want to mention I thought the referee not in a way that affected the result in the end which is probably why I don't think people have come away talking about it but there was a period after the penalty where I thought the referee made some absolutely bizarre decisions that that mostly went against town I thought he had a, a really you know people regulars doesn't know I probably complain about referees about twice a season and this is one of my two this year I thought he <laughs> completely lost the plot at, at one point not booking I think it was Duffy um, for hacking down Diara so cynically and ankle high as well and then doesn't book him and then 60 seconds later books Josh Groma for a cynical foul on halfway which is a booking but it's like God if you're going to put what like be a little bit less transparent <laughs> about mm. you know about being as inconsistent as you are you know it's yeah transparency is the wrong word but it's just it's sort of you can understand why people's bags get up when it's as inconsistent as that, as as quickly, you know, in such quick succession. However, I think Town dealt poorly with that. So, um, yeah, they they also lost their heads. Yeah, I, well, I don't even I don't even think they lost their heads. They just stopped. They just stopped doing the things they know that work. <laughs> mm. You know, like it, it got. We got into that. We had a horrible couple of minutes where we got into that mindset where. They're struggling to pass it over eight yards. Yeah, you know, and that that is when you really start to worry. But I just, I was just, I, I, I think the referee did did have a wobble. I thought he was better second half. Yeah, me. yeah. I didn't, I didn't notice him either way second half. To be fair, no, to me. I thought but, he was fine second half. But I agree, he had a really weird ten minutes. Yeah, a really weird ten but, minutes. But yeah, the th- but yeah. Sorry, going back to that third goal. I mean, as Warnock said. <laughs> It's not even like they just let him go free. Tom Edwards is tracking him all the way, but still, let, I know that he's a quick player, Jonathan Rowe, but Edwards has, he's not going so quickly that Edwards can't get in front of him. Hoggy also sees him come in, realises he has to cover, and, and will probably be, I'm not criticising Jonathan Hogg particularly, because it's, it's a bit of a 50-50, but he will be frustrated that he manages to get in front of Rowe, but still doesn't cut out the cross. It is, again... 
supremely avoidable goal, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, and that's that's I think the word, Steve. I think avoidable. That's what I was getting at. It's quite it's simplistic football. You know, it's it's it was it was interesting to listen to the commentary because obviously it's not something me or you ever get to do really. So I was sitting and and listening to Augie, and he made quite a good point actually, which it it, it was a very David Wagner goal. You know, that's a goal. Yes that David Wagner likes to score. And there were lots of times where it was Tommy Smith across to Elias Kachunga in the same position. But it's it's also weirdly the goal that Carlos Corbin wanted to score as yeah. well, you know, to the point where they were trying it far too often. And it just, you know, look, defensively, let's be honest, Town have let in, what, nine this season? And they've yeah. already got a goal difference of minus seven, which is, is the worst in the league. We, we did build our season preview and our early stuff on the fact that we thought the defence was solid and the defence was sorted and we have seen mistakes and a bit of a lack of focus and and I, oh, the other thing is Steve, I think they're not quite as, I, do, I just, I'm not going to say they're not match fit but I don't feel like anyone in that defence is match sharp yet, even Mikhail Helic has, has had to take a run up this season yeah. the first couple of games he didn't look like Mikhail Helic, did he? No, I text you like it's not time to talk about it yet, really, even though we are now. But yeah, I think he's not quite been himself at the start of this season. Like he's been, mm. he's not been like shockingly bad or anything, but um, but he's he's not been sort of the seven or eight out of ten every game defender that we had last season yet. Mm. But yeah, I, you know, three 0 down, the game's gone at that point, and I thought. He made his substitutions, which were absolutely fine. I mean, I, I we've not mm-hmm. really discussed it at length, but I've had a real kind of issue with with Warnock's substitutions. You mentioned season. it I last just, time. I, I just don't think he's used his his squad much at all, and I th- I think that at first I thought he was trying to send a message, and then I I don't know. You know, I think you can. I just think you can do better with with what you've got. Yeah, but this game it was just looked, take take. Take our best players off because we yeah, lost anyway. That was yeah. exactly it. Who needs some minutes? I thought it was interesting to see how lively Bergsog looked. I think mm-hmm. he's going to start next time because yeah. he's. And you kind of saw what he was about. There was that moment where he sort of drove into the penalty area and into the six yard box and cut it back. I think you've got to start looking at Pat Jones because the first thing he did was, was literally come onto the pitch, take a man on, drive and win a corner. Um, so you know it's not it's not all like doom and gloom but the second half was kind of a non-event after you concede that early I mean the fourth goal it's like yeah so what (laughs) yeah whether you lose 3-0 or 4-0 you've still been tanked off the pitch haven't you that is the fourth goal that everyone concedes when they lose 4-0 at home (laughs) which is oh we we committed too many men forward oh we've been done on the break oh well yeah so it it, it just elicited a huge shrug from me it was like yeah, fine. Whether it's three or whether it's four at this point, but it was it was a disappointing afternoon at the office, wasn't it? There's no there's no denying that. I think. Yeah. I didn't. I kept the performance. I went back to afterwards, and I, I'm not going to claim credit for it. Somebody else uh, mentioned it to me. Was was the Fulham game where they got absolutely tanked under? Cor- was it Carlos. under Corbyn? Carlos, yeah. Yeah, and they got absolutely tanked, and they had to sort of rally from that. It does feel that's the kind of performance that you've got to go and rally from. You can't 
just you can't not change things after that, can you? Going into West Brom, he can't pick the same eleven again. No, exactly. And I think I can I can understand. In fact, I've just written a piece about Prima Diara because it looks like he's the one who started every single game this season, uh, including the cup. And it looks like, from what Warnock said, he's Ben Wiles is basically going to take his place uh, as the as the number ten, uh, which you sort of suspected anyway. Um, so there's at least one change. But I mean, there's only been one change all season, which was yeah. um, Hog replacing Romani Edmonds Green after the opening day. And if Hoggy had been fit for the opening day, we probably would have had no changes at all this season, which, again, I understand, particularly after after that Leicester performance, I think it was right to keep it unchanged against Borough. And then, particularly with Wiles not yet um, not registered in time, I think it's it was right to then, after getting the first point against Borough and playing all right... Um, I, I think my, my way I would sum up Borough, by the way, is I think the game that we got, they should have lost. But the game they could have had, they could have won kind of thing. Because um, yeah. I think there were opportunity. I mean, Borough have had a dismal start to the season. And I think there was an opportunity if Town had been a bit more at it in the final third to, to have won that game. Um, but they didn't make the most of those chances. And they didn't hear. And they added the errors back in. So, But yeah, I can understand, as I say, keeping the same lineup. Um after the how they'd played against Leicester and Borough, but I agree, it's it's time to change it now. I mean, I think Wiles will come in for Diara, and would, I mean, where the issue with Bergsorg and <laughs> I asked Warnock where do you see playing him, and he just said, "Well, where would you play him?" Because um, he's kind of another Josh Karoma, but I think Josh Karoma hasn't started the season that well. So, do you just put him in for Karoma? Is it as straightforward as that, or do you play him up top? Well. I mean, I want to talk a little bit about Karoma, if I'm honest, um, because they, they kind of when we're talking about this, one of the things we need to talk about is Danny Ward mm-hmm. and the cheering when he got subbed off, which was very audible on iFollow. So I'm assuming it was extremely audible in the ground. Yeah, as well, it wasn't. It, it was a small minority of people, and someone someone did suggest to me they thought people might have been cheering that they were making a sub at all rather than it being Wardy. But I thought it was specifically Wardy because it was when his name was read out. Yeah, but I think not only that. I think you only have to sort of take the temperature on social media and look at various comments. Danny Ward has clearly become the lightning rod for everything that is mm-hmm. wrong. And I think it's... I mean, I spoke a little bit about it on... Um, I did the warm-up show for Andy Takes That Chance this that week, but I didn't really expand on it, but I spoke a little bit about it, that I think there's a few players in that side who will be extremely happy that Wardy is getting the abuse he is, because it means they're not looking at, at their performance. Because... I was I was digging round in the stats to have a look, and like Josh Caroma's had fourteen shots this season, and he's only got four on target. And when you look at the shots themselves, they're all the same shots, Steve. And I think we're almost at a point with Josh Caroma where certain teams are happy for him to shoot from a certain position. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, we're going to set ourselves up. That's absolutely fine. Wardy's had nine shots and got one on target. Okay, which I'm not defending Wardy from. I don't think Wardy has been anything like this season. The the Wardy when he's at his best, we know what he can do, and I don't think he's been quite there. But then you look at Jack Radoni, seven shots this season in four games, and he's not got a single one on target. Brahima Diara, seven shots, and he's got one on target, which was the save against Leicester from 25 yards. Do you remember? Was it half volley? 
Uh, yeah, I think so. Like right hand side of the box from about twenty five yards out. Yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, it's a great shot, but nothing else on target, Steve. Yeah, hit the post against uh, Borough as well when he probably should have put that away. Um, and then in terms of shots at goal, not shots on target, shots at goal. Then you got Matty Pearson and Mikel Hellick. and uh, like when your two central defenders are quite a way ahead of midfielders in terms of shots at goal. It's just it's it's just not great, you know. It really isn't great when you look at the quality of the chances they've had overall. Their goals to their xG so far this season they've been running, they've been doing all right xG. What yeah, yeah. I know you keep an eye on it. So they've been they've it's got a goal a game, isn't it? Basically, it's five, five. Their xG is five point four from four games. So they've underperformed yeah. by four point four goals, which is the largest underperformance in the league but for perspective they're coming up against the team this weekend who are overperforming their xg by 4.4 goals bizarrely that's being clinical that's taking your chances when they come along and when i say that underperformance is sort of massive there's there's no one else anywhere near you know the the closest i think is bristol on 3.3.2 and then and then i think it's leeds actually is it leeds or i can't remember no it's middlesbrough middlesbrough who are underperforming by two points something that's big that's not just Danny Ward. That mm-hmm. is that is big. People have got to come to the party. You know, Jack Radoni gets himself in some really, really good positions. And to not have had a single shot on target this season, Steve, that's that's not good. That's not great, you know? And Brahima Diara's been playing nominally as a ten. We know he's a sort of pressing ten rather than a sort of David Silver type ten. But Again, he's had one shot on target, and it was from miles out. They're just yeah. not creating through the middle. They're yeah. not creating enough through the middle. When you actually look at some of the chances they've missed this season, everything feels a little bit like a half chance. And they're not... The thing is, they're creating the same sort of situations, and that's because teams are setting up to allow them shots outside the box, basically, Steve which is what is happening because they're sort of backing themselves that they they will miss. And to be honest with you, it, it's kind of being borne out. <laughs> and I know they've played good teams so far, but it, it it's 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 being borne out. You know, like Norwich have got 0.63 goals to their shots on target and they're at the top of that league. Town are at the very bottom of that league with 0.08. I mean, that yeah. is is miserable. That is miserable. And again, I think to just sort of say, well, it's on Danny Ward, yeah. I, I just can't buy into that because they are not. They are still not creating enough to really trouble teams. And as I said, when you're at the point where you've got teams who are kind of like, okay, well, we're going to let Josh Caroma shoot from 25 yards when he cuts inside because we're going to back ourselves to either block it or the keeper can see it coming from a mile off. So Karoma has to put that top corner, he has to get it absolutely perfect to have any chance of scoring. If you've got teams who are sort of backing off Jack Radoni outside the area and just sort of saying, you know, if you want to take the shot on, take the shot on. <laughs> you know, it's just I just think it's too easy, too convenient to say, well, if we get another striker in, everything will be different. It may change things, but you've got to create more for them. You know, like Erling Haaland is not having such a sort of lightning start to the season as he's used to because he's it, they're creating chances in a different way and he's missing his mate in there. You know, he's he's even he's feeling a bit. Now, don't get me wrong, he's still scoring, 
but a striker is only really as good as their service and at the moment the service is just not there I was looking at crosses and Sorba's crossed the ball 54 times this season and I think the next one down is Tom Edwards with 30 something but that kind of makes it clear that exactly how town are attacking you know you don't need to be an analyst steve you don't need to be like me or you who look at this sort of stuff to think well how am i going to set up against that (laughs) like it's just i think i'm still reserving my judgment because i don't think we've seen town in a fair fight yet because i'm not sure they can compete with these teams at this end of the league at, at, at the moment but i'm also at the point where it's like if you want to tell me that danny ward is the biggest issue as a lot of people seemingly believe and are telling me I I just can't buy into it I just can't buy into it I don't think he's been anything like this season I don't think he was very good Saturday I don't think he's I he looks a little bit below par in all areas to me even that pressing is not quite as sharp as it has Mm. been but look at those around him (laughs) you know look at those around him nobody is even approaching their best and they need if they're going to get a run going, how town do it is they share their form around. So you get Sorba Thomas, who's great for three games, and then drifts a bit. But it's all right because Josh Carone then comes up and he's really good for two. And then he drifts and it's all right because Danny Ward's then really good for two games. And then he drifts, but it's all right because then Jack Radoni comes in. And he... Town never really have like an attacking unit that's sort of completely on song. There's always somebody who's essentially doing most of the work. But at the moment, they just haven't got anyone. You know, if 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 you want to direct it all at Wardy, that's fine. But you are ignoring everybody else in that area that is just just below par of themselves. Yeah. Anyway, I, that was a long run. <laughs> I, I I agree. I think the the one bit I'm not. I I mean, the thing I'm not sure about is the not creating enough chances thing. Because as you said, they sort of are. The XG suggests that they are creating decent chances, and you know, it's you, the you, same thing though. That's the that's the thing I'm trying to yeah, get. Yeah, exactly. It's the same chances that teams are sort of comfortable with them having. Yeah, and I don't think Wood was good on Saturday. I thought he and Jack Redoni both were poor, actually, and I was keeping an eye on, on Wood, knowing that this this criticism was likely to come up again, and I wanted to have a sort of an informed view on it. And I don't think he got the better of his, his battles in the box. Uh, I think he did swipe at a couple of chances. He got frustrated. He, But I th- I'm still unsure again what people think a centre forward does like if you had you know if you had there are some people who seem to think that if you put Alexander Mitrovic in this team he would score 40 (laughs) goals a season and and he wouldn't because they wouldn't create enough for him um so and and Danny Ward is respectfully not Alexander Mitrovic so I don't think it's a complete absolution, but I don't think he is the entire problem. You know, we saw against Leicester, the the fans' player ratings were all over the place. They had Danny Ward bottom, and it's like, well, it's 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 Lee Nichols that's that's you know dropped on here, not Danny Ward. Uh, I couldn't believe that they had him sort of the fans rated him below Lee Nichols for that game. Um, this game, they've rated him below Lee Nichols. Who has kicked a ball straight at a, a defender as he's closing the ball down? It's like uh, there's there's a degree of scapegoating here that that is unfair. And again, this isn't me sticking up for him like a couple of years ago, where it's like, no, the numbers say he's good; it will come, and then it came. I don't think his numbers actually have been good for 
no. a year or so now, you know? No. Um, and I think a better centre-forward does, you know, there is room to get a better centre-forward. I think Town do need a, a Danny Ward replacement and um, hopefully they can get that done on, on deadline day, as we'll talk about later. But I don't think... I don't think that replacing Danny Wood with a better centre forward solves all the issues for all the reasons that you just said. I, I think they have. It's been a persistent problem this year that Town get into some excellent positions. You know, they had forty odd percent possession against Norwich, which is way more than I expected mm. them to have. Um, yeah. They have been getting into games more. They took the game to Leicester, similar against Leicester, similar against Borough. We're not in the realm of last season where they were having twenty odd percent possession against the best sides. They're, they're now into at least an area where they're getting forty odd percent possession on a regular basis. Leicester being sort of the the slight exception, but even then they had thirty one. Where I think last year they probably would have had twenty. Um, and as you say, the XG is, is up, um, but they're doing nothing with their territory or not doing enough with their territory that they get. They're not putting away the chances that they are creating that that's suggested by the XG. And obviously, the, the, the glaring issue is, yeah, they have an XG of 5.4 from four games. That's decent. Their XG against is 8.3. Yeah. Um, they've had... They're expected to concede two goals or more every game this season, except the one you'd expect them to, which is Leicester. Um, and this is why, after Borough, I think uh, Neil Warnock was talking about it as though it was, this is the performance where we turned the corner. I didn't quite agree because I felt they gave no. up so many chances where Lee Nichols, you know, I gave Matty Pearson and Lee Nichols both nines out of ten, and it's hard for me to feel super great about a performance where. To play to where your goalkeeper and your centre back have both got nines. Don't get me wrong, they're part of the team. It's great that you've got them on that kind of form, but they shouldn't have had to do as much last ditch stuff as they did. And I think this performance against Norwich was kind of in the post from the Borough game, to be honest. Mm. Um, but what I had hoped was that, and I, to be honest, I didn't expect them to be, I thought they would lose against Norwich. And I told you before the game, I thought they'd lose against Norwich. But it's the manner of it. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, again, West Brom is a tough one. I think Neil Warnock would probably, if you talk to him privately, uh, and I haven't asked him this privately, but I think if you asked him privately, he would say our season starts after the international break. Um, not to use a Wagnerism, but um, but it kind of does. I think that that Rotherham game feels pretty massive now. If they get something against West Brom, great. But that Rotherham game. I don't want to overstate it. Massive is probably too much, but it feels like an important game now. Right, fair enough. Massive is a massive word, but I, it, it is... All right, well, I'm going to go with huge. Mm. <laughs> it is It is huge because I just think they look mentally a bit fragile to me. They look mentally scarred, to repeat what I was saying earlier, and I think if they, if they don't get something from that Rotherham game, that's a big issue, yeah. Steve. I think that's a huge issue going forward. I think Ben Wiles coming into those spaces makes a difference because he's literally going to play in yeah. some of the spaces we're talking about them being too wasteful with the ball. I think a a, a different striker or to look at it another way a striker who immediately comes in and really pushes Ward for a spot in the first team makes a difference either way but I think defensively you know as we touched on they they need to tune up they as I said to me it just feels like they've come out of pre-season slightly undercooked they just feel slightly off it and I think 
there's lots of reasons for that. I don't think it's when I say that it's not like last season where they just weren't prepared. You know, they they were just not prepared in any sense for the season. It it just feels like they've all got to go up a level, doesn't it? Feels like there's mm-hmm. nobody in that team and that squad at the moment that we can honestly say is playing anywhere near their best. Really, I mean, I think I think Edwards has actually done all right since he's come in. Yeah. You know, I think it's worth pointing him out. Most attempted passes in the squad by a mile by 20-odd. He's on nearly 200. I think uh, Ruffles has done what Ruffles does. I think Ruffles is great this season. Uh, he's he's He has been Josh Ruffles from the off. But I think apart from that, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. Matty Pearson was fantastic against Borough. And I thought mm. very shaky against Norwich. It's Everybody's just lacking a bit of consistency, a bit of form. And I think Hoggy's as you said, yeah, yeah, and I thought Hogg was the best town player against yeah. Norwich by a mile. But I, I, I'm exactly where, like you just said, I just think they've just got to get through this mini spell, get into mm-hmm. the national international break, and that's why I'm just trying to keep my powder dry a bit because let's see him in a fair fight then going forward. Let's because yeah. I, I just I just don't think Leicester, Norwich, West Brom. I just don't think they're there at the moment. And that Plymouth game, I go back to it on the opening day of the season, it, it you couldn't have been given a worse fixture than Plymouth mm. away on the opening day of the season. Just a horrible, horrible They've, game. They hadn't, so, they hadn't lost there for every year, had they, I think? No, and it's like first game in the championship and the ground's full and the wind's swirling. Yeah. and It was just a horrible game. So, yeah, whether you'll say it privately or publicly, I'm right there with you. I'm sure Neil Warnock would say... You know the season begins after the international break, and it needs to, Steve. There's no point in us trying to sugarcoat it at this point. It needs to because they can't afford to give anybody else a head start. That's the one thing we both said. Yeah. <laughs> you know they cannot afford to give anyone a head start this season, and they're not there yet. You know it's it's one Watford are in fifteenth with four points. You know Watford are technically one win away at the moment, but. It doesn't take long, does it? That's mm. the issue. You know, two weeks in the championship can be a long time sometimes. So, yeah, I'm not like totally pessimistic or anything like that, but they have to be more clinical. Yeah. They have to create different types of chances so that teams are just not setting up, you know, really quite comfortably against them. And I think Wiles might be, could be a big factor in trying to change those things and change those angles. Here's hoping, anyway. Here's yeah. Hoping. The reason I think you and I, people know I love talking about defending, but the reason that I haven't really so much at the moment is I think the issues are more at the other end. And I know Warnock was keen to say, well, it was all the errors against Norwich. And yeah, they did lead to the goals. And I'm sure he had to put a lot of people on blast uh, in the dressing room afterwards. But to me, that high-pressing system that he plays... Uh, and has been playing this season that that sort of four four three three four two three one is designed to press high and and catch teams high, which is great and I think this team has the personnel to do that. I think you would probably say they've got an athletic but limited squad, so if you can hunt down and force mistakes out of the opposition, that might be your best way to to score goals um but it's the f- it does leave you open to being caught on the counter if you mm. if you don't make the most of those chances if you aren't keeping them under constant pressure by peppering the goal or if you aren't scoring goals yourself 
um, you are prone to getting caught on the counter. And I think that has been, you know, the two goals against the, the all right, the first goal against Plymouth is an error. The other two are counter attacks. One of them might be offside, still a counter attack. Um, we'll ignore the cup game. Leicester, a um, little bit on the counter. Borough, they gave up so many chances on the counter where they could have rounded the keeper and didn't, or they got yeah. through one on one with Nichols and, and couldn't do it, or Matty Pearson had to come across and do Michal Helix's job for him and, and cut it out. And they, they managed to just about snuff out the counter attacks. And Norwich, you know, two of the goals on the counter. So I, I think it's been a combination of those two things. Whereas the best weapon you know I don't think this style of play that Town have got and leaving themselves open on the counter is an issue if they are doing more when they actually have the ball and causing the opposition more problems but they're making themselves so easy to defend against and wasting so many of their best chances that eventually if they're not going to score the opposition are going to yeah yeah that's exactly it you know that (laughs) the story of town season so far is that They've conceded too many goals and they've not scored enough, and <laughs> that's incredibly, that, incredibly reductive to say that. But that's genuinely it, and it's it's not a struggle to sit here and talk and analyse or anything like that. But no. I do, I do feel at the moment we're kind of back in a world we've been in two, three, four, five <laughs> times before, and we're saying the same things about trying to create different chances and being more clinical and being a bit mentally sharper and all of that sort of thing and it's uh, it's a bit boring now isn't it (laughs) yeah (laughs) genuinely Um, but you you do I think the other factor we have to consider Steve is that like the mental load from last season on this players is obviously still there but also there has been a takeover at the club this summer Mm -hmm. and that does affect every single level and people who think it doesn't affect things on the pitch it does because you know personnel change a bit systems change a bit things feel a bit different um you know there are all sorts of factors that just knock players slightly off the game you know just little subtle changes that suddenly make them feel slightly uncomfortable about something and that matters too you know that that is a factor steve that does matter too so i think you have to kind of you have to kind of hope that the international break is coming at the perfect time really to just settle everyone back down again because you know there's quite a lot of excitement pre-season then you get into it and things feel a bit different and then hopefully you can just adjust accept your sort of new reality and then then kind of go again so I know it sounds like we we're almost trying to make excuses for people we're not I promise you we're not that like their second bottom of the table they've only scored once this season the other was an own goal we are in no way saying that it's anywhere near good enough but at the same time I think we're trying to provide reasons rather than excuses mm-hmm. I think that's where we are with it maybe yeah I, I'm still weirdly I'm not at the kind of panic stations that I was under Corbran or at the beginning of last season and I don't know if that's just me I mean that that could just be me it's the fixture list but it's the it? fixture list yeah it yeah. is the fixture list if they now lose at home to, I mean it's back to back home games after the international break as well let's not forget mm-hmm. against Rotherham and Stoke two winnable games let's be fair um, and well they got they've got to get four points haven't exactly they, they have yeah, to get they four do. points from them they do um so, yeah, I mean, the the transfer window is, is coming to a close soon as well. That's Friday at 11pm. Uh, they would 
I think they're quite open about the fact they would like to add another centre forward if they can but they've been saying that all summer um, might be a bit of a, a late one I mean who knows they might get something done before then but um, it's currently as I'm sitting here speaking now as to the best of my knowledge looking like it will go to deadline day um, what do you make of Town's window overall Dave and how badly do you think they need that striker I think look I think the need is is uh, me and you have never really been big town must sign a striker guys mm-hmm. <laughs> in any of the windows where we've been told that town must sign a striker I, I just think the I just think it's obvious that they need a striker yeah, yeah. you know like I think Harrah is I think he's good and he's full of energy but do I think he's like 30 appearances in the championship good no I don't think he is. Um, I think he's a very decent option. I think Hudlin, we even talked about it before the season started, he gives you something different off the bench, but that's the only way I'm really looking at it. Mm-hmm. You know, something something last 10 minutes if you're trying to get something. So that does kind of leave you with the, the sort of, do you try Karoma or Bergsog through the middle or Danny Ward? And I think they need another option because I think Karoma through the middle... We've seen it, and sometimes he's good, <laughs> sometimes he's bad. It just—I think very his best performances have been through the middle. I'm—I'm I'm actually surprised. But as not a two, more town playing as a yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like playing alongside Wardy against particularly yeah. Watford and Sheffield United last year were the times he played alongside it, Danny Ward in a front but it two, just, and he was brilliant it, in those games. But it doesn't feel like Warnock wants to use a two to me though. It, yeah. it feels very hesitant this season to use the two. Now, whether that is the opposition they've played and they come out after the international break and they yeah. use the three-five-two, maybe, that could be the case. But I, I think I, he doesn't want to leave himself short in it because he also said he yeah. he wouldn't play a back five against um, against Norwich or Leicester because he, he felt they'd get ripped to shreds if they were short in midfield, basically. So I think it's... Yeah, the two things add up because we know that the two formations Warnock generally likes are that sort of four-two-three-one slash four-three-three and a three-five-two. And I expected to see we'd not seen the three-five-two yet this season, which I expected we would. But he he did he did say that they had considered it, um, particularly as a, it was in response to a question about where Yutanakiyama would play actually, and he said they'd want to play him with ruffles which would mean a 3-5-2 so we maybe will see that as you say once the fixtures lighten up a little bit but even then I think I hate to say it but I think we've reached the point with Danny Ward where obviously he's not immune to he's not immune to the criticism himself he knows what people are saying you know he, he lives in the area and footballers are human beings they read things and see things themselves and people talk to them I think it's almost at the point where if you want to get the best out of Danny Ward over the course of the season, then I think you need to pull him, you know, because um, it's 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 not a great atmosphere at the moment. So I've kind of got myself into a Huddersfield Town need a striker mindset. Yeah. But I think overall, I think if you look at their business, I think obviously Ben Wiles is a good signing. That's That's a good signing, I think. And... He's going to take a while to settle, but if he can get anything like into the form he was at one point with Rotherham, when Rotherham, damning with faint praise, but when Rotherham were trying to play a bit of football, um, then I think that that will be absolutely fine. But I think Edwards has has already played a lot more football than perhaps he was banking on, (laughs) and we were banking on, but... Probably for similar reasons, because if you're playing a back four, he has to start, really, because it's the only right back they've got. But exactly the same thing happened when Ollie Turton came. 
and he he'd played more football by Christmas than anybody expected him to play over the course of the season. So, mm. but yeah, you know, you look at it, and I don't know. I I kind of. I kind of feel like I want to see what it looks like the day after the transfer window yeah. shuts. There's a lot of talk about the the junior Hoyler has been training there and will he sign? I, you know, I wouldn't be against getting somebody else in in that sort of position, but yeah, I kind of want to see what it looks like after the final day. I kind of I've I sort of I don't think it's been spectacular, but I don't think it's been anything like as bad as some would have you believe either. You know, I think Bergsorg looks like he's got something in his his locker he looks the exact player to me that is going to be sort of anonymous for two or three games and then unplayable for one yeah um, that kind of looks like the model to me i i so i sort of feel like he's going to score seven amazing goals this season and do absolutely nothing else which is fine Danelson uh, uh, Danelson Arnie. yes yeah. there you go so you know it kind of is what it is but i think i think if they get that striker in then I think we have to sit there and look and go, okay, well, this is all right. There are new recruits in most areas and defensively they've got the right back in, but that's the area we thought, if anything, they were overstocked. And I think they've got the right outs as well. You know, yeah, Jordan, Jordan Rhodes going to Blackpool was, it needed to happen because he wasn't getting any minutes and, you know, he's a big figure to have around the club not getting any time on the pitch, isn't he? Um, and I, so, yeah, I'm kind of... I, I, I'm not. I'm not copying out. I'm trying not to sit on the fence, but at the same time, I do think I want to see what it looks like the day after the window closes. At this point, yeah, agreed. What is your media recommendation then, David? Uh, ITV4 Saturday mornings. The um, thing thing that people don't know about me is over the years when I was working at home, um, I used to during my lunch hour just put episodes of Saint and Greavesy on while I ate my lunch and I just adore Satan Greavesy they're running some best ofs um, which I think are available on catch up as well but like this Saturday's you had 20 minutes Gaza at Newcastle Gaza at Spurs Gaza just after the 1990 World Cup all little interviews Gaza and Vinnie Jones going clay pigeon shooting together just immense just great fun worth a watch Good stuff. Uh, I am going to go for an old TV show that no one's heard of called uh, Enlightened, which was a. It was Mike White, who uh, you would know as Mr. Schneebly uh, from School of Rock and also the writer of The White Lotus. Uh, but he made a show with Laura Dern that ran for two short seasons um, in about 10 years ago. Uh, it's on Sky Comedy for some reason, even though it doesn't particularly strike me as, as a comedy show. Um, but. It's good. It's probably best not to give too much details about it, but I'm I'm enjoying that at the moment. So he's also man- he's also doing quite well managing Nottingham Forest, isn't he? <laughs> he's yeah. He's who you would cast to play yeah the Hollywood version of Steve Cooper. He is. He is. Ah, lovely. Thank you, Dave, for joining us, uh, and uh, a very happy deadline day to everyone. In fact, I'm not gonna now. Nah, let's not get involved in that. Let's not be part of the yellow tie. Well, I'll say it. Happy deadline day to all who celebrate. Fine. Bye. See there. We didn't mention West Brom once then. (laughs) Oh well.